Welcome everybody to our Pride themed podcast. I'm Chris Edwards. I'm the CSR and Diversity Director at Travis Smith. I'm really pleased to be joined by Fran Bailey, who's a partner at LCP and also the partner sponsor for the LGBT Plus Network. Um, Zoe Birdo, who's a senior consultant and DEI manager at LCP, um, and also Andy Lewis, who is a partner at Travis Smith. So I've introduced you by name and role, but I would like you to tell us more about who you are. And I shall pick on Zoe to go first. Thanks, Chris. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Zoe Berto. As Chris said, I'm a senior consultant uh, at LCP. I am a qualified actuary and work with trustees on understanding and managing their DB pensions risk. I'm also our uh, diversity, equity and inclusion manager. I grew up in a small town in the USA called Jamestown, New York. Uh, long story, but made my way to London. I started my career in pensions uh, in the city at WTW, where I was the LGBT plus network lead for uh, GB in Western Europe and have now been at LCP for uh, almost four years. And, and in my role, I focus more on intersectionality and coordinating all of the DEI work that we do. And I also give a lot of support to our clients in this area. Great. Thank you, Zoe. Uh, Andy. Oh, hi everyone. Um, I'm Andy Lewis. As Chris said, I'm a partner specialising in pensions law here at Travis Smith. Um, and this is my first ever podcast, so it's great to be here. Um, I grew up on a small town in the, uh, on the south coast of England, a small town called uh, Leon Solent. I studied history at university. Uh, I didn't even know you could do pensions law as a career path when I started out in law, but I um, I really found a niche here and I do a really varied amount of work for pension funds and corporate sponsors and all sorts of others who are involved in the industry. Um, so yeah, it's great to be here. Great, thanks Andy. And finally, Fran. Hi everyone, um, my name is Fran Bailey. I'm a partner at LCP and I work in our covenant advisory team. So I work with trustees and sponsors and not-for-profits, helping them with covenant advisory um, and strategic sort of pensions planning for their, their longer term journey, particularly transactions and just general triennial uh, reviews. So for me, uh, I'm from London. I grew up here and now I, I work here. I didn't move that that far. And I started my career almost 10 years ago after studying economics and then actuarial finance. And I actually started out in, in audit, uh, qualified as a chartered accountant and then switched into covenant advisory about six and a half years ago now. Um, and the past five years I, I've been at LCP. I joined as a consultant and then was promoted to partner about a year ago. And when I moved to LTP, um, about three months, I think, after I moved, uh, I founded our LGBT plus network with some colleagues. Um, I felt that it was really important to have the network. It was a great place to, to work, but it, it was quite important to have sort of visibility of, of LGBT plus people within the firm so that we could start to sort of get to get to know each other and, and support each other um, throughout our, our careers. Um, and not long after this, I actually met Zoe, who was at Willis Towns Watson at the time. Uh, she really kindly gave her time to uh, our network to provide sort of tips on the fledging network that we were then, as did Daniel Gehring, who was also at Travis Smith. Um, and little did I know at the time, Zoe would become uh, a very close friend and joined LCP not long afterwards. So. It's great oh, to be doing a podcast with both Zoe and Andy today. Oh, that's great. Um, we, we want to focus um, for this conversation for, for the next 10 minutes or so um, about the pensions industry, about the pension sector. And I wondered whether any of you have any thoughts on what the industry is like um, 
from an inclusion perspective for LGBT plus people. Any sort of immediate immediate thoughts on that? Um, Zoe, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, of course. I think it's a bit difficult to answer as an umbrella, actually. I know yeah, we're here yeah. for Pride and talking about LGBT plus uh, the, the whole community. Um, I do think that over the last few years in particular, there's been a lot of uh, increased visibility and role models within the LGBT plus community. But um, to be honest, mostly uh, the L and G of, yeah. of those. Um, there's not really as much visibility or representation for trans and non-binary people, um, LGBT plus people of color, uh, and also um, by by people within the industry as well. I think that is that is changing. My yeah. my personal experience. Uh, is overall a, a, a positive one in terms of the interactions that I've had. I've seen a lot of progress over the last 10 years in terms of how LGBT plus issues are talked about. Um, I think as an actuary, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting one because I think that it, from from my perspective and in my experience, people, especially in the actuarial side of the industry, can be quite technical and approach things in a particular way. So, for example, I've had some challenging discussions about sex and gender in the context of mortality. And um, I think people forget that these are really human experiences and can approach it uh, very theoretically. And so from an actuarial and funding side, I think a lot of work in the pension space is driven by assumptions and generalizations and there can be a real disconnect between the technical elements of the work that we do and the human side and having those discussions about individual experiences and identities can sometimes be a, a challenging one. Um, I've also seen a lot of support uh, for uh, member experiences, but I think generally there is still a, a lack of knowledge and awareness in terms of implementing an inclusive experience for yeah. um, pension scheme members. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. I think your the, the point on intersectionality is a really important one, and also how how helpful the LGBT plus um, can be as an umbrella term, um, but also a bit misleading when we talk about LGBT inclusion inclusion. Um, in, in a broader sense. Um, Fran, you made a point earlier about the importance of visibility, and it's something that we talk about a lot at Travis Smith. And I'm going to ask Andy whether this notion of having visible role models or having people who are visibly more like yourself, does that resonate with you? I, I think it definitely does. I mean, one of the things I, I didn't say about my sort of experience getting to the point where I am now is that when I first started working in city law, uh, I went back into the closet and um, I, I, I was in there for a, a reasonably short period of time at the start of my career. Um, and I think that's still quite a common experience for some people. I think there's some research out there that suggests something like 60% of LGBT plus grads go back into the closet when they when they start their yeah. careers. So, uh, I mean, I've been doing this job for, for 10, 11 years now, so it's quite alarming that that's still the same. What I would say is that as I have grown in seniority and confidence um, over the course of my career, I've felt increasingly relaxed to be out and open and authentic in my career. And when I think back to what persuaded me to come out of the closet in the first place, it was the 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 few LGBT people who were out in the office back then, and also more importantly, I think the the straight allies who were very mm. visibly supportive 
in in the office and very vocal about their allyship. Yeah, and that that made a massive difference for me. Yeah, I think this idea of allyship is a really important one. Fran, do you have any thoughts on on that point or around sort of inclusivity in the industry more generally? Yeah, I mean, so I I just wanted to echo my experience is very similar to Andy's. Um, I had been sort of proudly out since the age of of sixteen, um, and then when I entered the workplace shifted back into the closet and I actually found that really difficult. Um, I think it impacted the earlier parts of my career not being able to feel sort of 100% myself and, and open at work but when I did join LCP it was the first place that I was sort of properly and unequivocally out um, and I think I just hadn't seen that visibility which was really the key driver for sort of setting up the network. I really wanted to help push that forwards and then by doing that it opened me up to so many other fantastic people across other firms and that was one of the reasons I think why sort of open uh, started but um, I'm sure that Zoe and Andy will be talking about that a little bit more. I guess just from a personal one of my turning points where I really felt like this was that was the right thing to do was um, one of the first pitches I ever did. It wasn't long after I set up the network and the topic of diversity and inclusion then came up and I was quite nervous about talking about being the LGBT plus network lead to an external contact, but actually decided it was quite an, well, it was a really crucial part of sort of who I was and why I loved what I did in the firm that I worked for. And um, we actually did win that pitch and it was in part due to the conversations that were had beyond just pensions topics, but uh, around sort of the importance of diversity and inclusion. And now actually that chair of trustees is a, is a close friend and it's been, it was a really positive experience for me, but I do think that the negativity does still exist. I mean, um, there have been times where I haven't felt comfortable. Uh, my my fiance, who's also an LCP partner, she sits on the uh, senior advisory board of Link, um, and she unfortunately received recently hate mail to our to our office, um, which was commenting on her sort of sexual orientation and her physical appearance as a, as a woman, and it, this was sort of driven by her quite. Uh, uh, extensive presence on LinkedIn talking about sort of LGBT plus issues and see this was really quite shocking and it did make me realise uh, it was like, it, there's quite a long way to go still but the positive was the allyship that was shown when she posted about this experience on, on LinkedIn was just absolutely brilliant um, it was really positive it really restored my faith that there are so many sort of people out there supporting um, and that that visibility was really really key I think what I want to end on is just a shout out to our allies and um, thank you because I think it's really it's it's so helpful for for, for LGBT plus people uh, to, to sort of see the vocal element of, of allyship and particularly in Pride Month month two yeah. because I think it sort of provides those sort of more underrepresented groups that sort of strength and confidence to, to be themselves. Yeah I fully agree I think the importance of allies and showing visible and vocal support and just knowing that somebody has your back can be an absolute game changer. Um, you touched on um, OPEN and we will come on to that a bit more, but um, one thing we know works really well in terms of supporting LGBT people, LGBT plus people, is this idea of having professional networks. Um, there are some already for other industries, so freehold for LGBT people working in real estate, interbank for banking and many more. Um, but a few years ago, there was a group set up for people um, for LGBT people and their allies working in pensions um, called OPEN. It's O colon PEN. Um, very clever, whoever came, whoever came up with that. Um, Zoe, you were involved right from the start. Do you want to tell us about the genesis of the group? Yeah, um, as you said, there are a lot of these industry groups and I'd found that um, within pensions, there's a lot of uh, interprofessional 
networking that that goes on between uh, you know lawyers and administrators and actuaries and covenant advisors and all the different uh, groups working in pensions but there wasn't really a, a space for lgbt plus people to to share their experiences or 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 do any kind of professional networking and i think um you know different communities network in different ways and i think particularly for lgbt plus people having a a safe and welcoming environment is incredibly important and had seen a lot of engagement with with similar groups but um nothing that was you know within the pension space and for me as an actuary you know i've i've, I've there are law law groups available and you know banking, but I didn't fit into any of those. And I'd had some good conversations with Daniel Gehring about um, whether or not there might be an opportunity to do something similar in the pension space, whether there might be appetite for it. And um, we had some good conversations about that and started to test the idea uh, with our other contacts. So we brought in some others, and uh, Chris very helpfully shared your experience um, with some other other networks that that uh, had started more recently and we just tested the idea and then we put a shout out to firms across the industry and quite a few people put their hands up including Andy and Fran to to get involved in this and we you know suddenly had a managing committee and a lot of appetite to to really take this forward. Great I, I love the idea that it's an organic thing which um, sort of came from um, a casual conversation that has has grown sort of exponentially to something which is clearly fitting a purpose or fitting a need. Um, Fran, do you want to talk about what the group has been doing over the past few years? Yeah, so we we launched, I think we had a soft launch in uh, early 2020, uh, just before, of course, COVID-19 came along uh, and scuffled things for a little while. But then um, we had our sort of proper formal launch uh, in, in November of, of that year. Um, which I think was 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 brilliant. Um, we had over 60 people there joining uh, uh, some breakout rooms to discuss a whole load of different topics from employee network top tips, uh, early careers, allyship, mental health, imposter syndrome, intersectionality. It was a really wide ranging discussion and I think everyone really got involved having those smaller breakout groups and it really feeling like a safe space meant that everybody really interacted in a way that I think it can be difficult in an online environment. It was definitely one of the most successful ones I, I've been to. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then in sort of 2000, uh, 2021, we had two more virtual networking events. That was focused a little bit more on the social side, uh, the first one. Then the second one was uh, in Pride Month of last year, where we supported Give Out's Pride with Purpose campaign, which celebrates businesses that are marking pride by supporting um, movements for LGBTQI human rights worldwide. So that was really great. We did some fundraising for a really uh, worthy uh, charitable uh, charity. Brilliant. And... Andy, maybe just to to wrap things up, what's next for the group? Oh well, what's what's not next? As I think Franz <laughs> just said, we we do a we do an awful lot, and um, and we've got, you know, a really wide range of of opportunities. So um, we want to grow. We want to make the the best possible use of the fact that we're no longer restricted to online events. So I think it will be great to just get together socially, like Zoe said, and build build those personal networking links that we haven't been able to over um, over the last couple of years. We've just had our Pride Month event, which was looking at LGBT families and um, a whole range of different questions there, the different options there are for starting families and, and also the experience of, of raising queer children. And that was a real eye opener um, 
for for uh, for for a lot of people there, I think, and a, a really great discussion. So that generated a lot of further conversations, perhaps about what workplaces can do to be um, to be more supportive of uh, of LGBTQ plus families and what we might be able to share in terms of thoughts and experience there. Um, and there's a whole load of uh, whole load of other opportunities and topics we might we might well be looking into. But yeah, I mean, check out our our website, openpensions.network. Get in touch if you want to be involved, or even if you just want to join and be on the mailing list. Because um, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing a lot in in the months and years to come. Sounds great. Get involved, everybody. Um, I'm going to close there, um, but I want to give a huge thank you to um, the three virtual panelists today. Uh, really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, and for all of you listening, I hope you enjoyed the rest of your Pride Month. Thank you.